0: I'm Lindsay, a medical speech pathologist with a love of dogs, sarcasm, and holiday pay. The medical field can be intense, so to try and combat the exhaustion and add a sprinkle of humor, I created this podcast. Join me each week where I interview a different guest that works in some capacity of healthcare. They will share their personal stories, ups and downs, and moments that will truly leave you speechless. For episode 25... We have Christy, an occupational therapist. Christy, welcome. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited.
0: So just give us like a little bit of background on you, how you found yourself kind of in the setting you're at, why you chose OT, and we'll kind of start from there.
1: All right. So yeah, I'm an occupational therapist, been working for about three years now. Um, which is crazy to say, like, feels a lot longer yet a lot shorter <laughs> at the same time. I, yeah, I uh, feel like
0: COVID <laughs> years count as like a decade each. So,
1: Yeah, there you go. I'm so experienced. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why don't I accrue more PTO? I've been working for 30.
0: <laughs> right. You're like, I'm a seasoned vet. Oh Wait, goodness. it's only been three years? <laughs> it's
1: been three years. Um, but yeah, so I... I work in acute rehab, and I'm on my second job after graduating. um, Second rehab facility, so that's kind of been my niche so far. It's been really great learning for for me as a initially as a new grad, and now as you know, just a couple years under my belt, it's really um, promoting my my learning all around. I'm really loving the setting for the most part. You know, ups and downs, but it's (laughs) been really really great for me. Um, Getting into OT, you know. I've never quite known how to answer that question in a specific way. You know, you interview at schools and like, why do you want to go to OT or become an OT? I'm like, ah. so like gen- <laughs> generally life kind of threw me in that direction where, you know, I, I've always been interested. Like I took anatomy and physiology in high school and I'm like, this is super fascinating. Took it again in college, loved it. And I knew I wanted to do something medical related, but I didn't want to like be a doctor or anything. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm not smart, but um, there was just some experiences I had growing up with my grandma lived with my family and I, when I was like nine to 14 years old. And her health was rapidly declining at the time she lived with us because my grandpa passed away and she was by herself. So I kind of saw a lot of the things that looking back, like oh my gosh, therapy. She never had therapy, but it could have helped her so much with her quality of quality of life. And you know, so looking back on that and just kind of learning about OT and how it can really help people have a higher quality of life, be more independent with those daily functional self, like self care tasks, just help people. And like I just that really like resonated with me inside like my soul. And I'm like I want to do that. So I I initially wanted to do PT. I learned about OT more and I'm like, that's, that's my path. So I kind of pursued that and went to school for it. And it's been really kind of, it's been a very rewarding profession so far. And yeah, I feel like it's a good fit for my personality. It's a good fit for how I want to help people. And it's really helping me to, in a lot of ways, like become a better person and appreciate life for what, you know, what we have and appreciate my health and, all that kind of
0: stuff. So. Yeah. Like I feel a- like healthcare in general, like doing anything in healthcare is like kind of one of those things that just like makes you a better person because you're just constantly exposed to situations that give you that perspective where it's like, yeah, Oh, you got stuck in traffic, like boohoo, like you're having a bad day. Cause right. you like get in and then you mm-hmm. like see all these people that legit are living their, their worst days. And
1: yeah. so I
0: feel like, Absolutely. yeah, that's a, it's a kind of a common trend of, you know, wanting to do something that help to help people, something that you can give back in Um, not to like crap on everyone that doesn't work in healthcare. But sometimes I just like (laughs) think about like, I don't know, like how you could have a job where maybe you don't see that like payoff or that benefit where you're helping someone or like giving back. Um, mm -hmm. I just feel like it would be like burnout would be, quick because you're just like well who cares like what is this even doing in the big picture versus like working Mm -hmm. in healthcare, you can see that like yeah yeah, that like immediate like cause and effect like this person can't do this I'm gonna work with them oh wow fast forward a week look at they can do it great
1: (laughs) amazing yeah Yeah. people people say that all the time when they ask me well what do you do and I tell them like that sounds like it's so fulfilling. And then they tell me what they do. I'm like, I'm sure your job is fulfilling too. And they're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of, they kind of pause and I'm like, well, that just makes me sad for you that you don't find fulfillment in what you do. So yes. I'm, I'm grateful despite the hardships of, of COVID and just like, even without COVID healthcare is challenging to work in and it's, it's physically exhausting. It's mentally and emotionally exhausting, but it, it is, it is worth it, but that's like where you got to get the work life balance in and really take care of yourself so you can give all you have to your patients. And that's, you know, it's a constant uh, like process to learn that and apply it in your own life. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like you're just like doing like a little plug to like basically convert everyone to just work in healthcare you're like "Kay, hey. come join us <laughs> staffing shortages are an all-time high but we promise it's come a good time up. it's One really fulfilling <laughs> we're
1: looking for ot's we're looking for pcs come on there you go
0: <laughs> reach out to christy she'll figure Shameless it out plug. <laughs> i got you oh awesome so i'm excited to hear your stories um are the majority of them from like clinicals during school or like in the last three years that you've been in the workforce?
1: Oh, definitely. They're all from working.
0: Perfect. So, yep.
1: They, they are not as a student. I mean, they'll, there were, I'm sure there were plenty of experiences at a student where I just like could not believe what was happening before my eyes, but you know, <laughs> it's the, the learning curve and every day even going into work you just never know what's going to happen that day that's
0: so, so true for better or worse you just can never be quite prepared prepare <laughs> awesome okay throw us number one what story do you want to start with okay so so ot you know we
1: for those who are not aware we work closely with people in very vulnerable situations. So we're working um, self-care tasks. Uh, we feel people, like a lot of naked people, a lot of <laughs> working on dressing, bathing, toileting, like these things that are putting people in their most vulnerable states. And, you know, it, it doesn't really phase me anymore. It did when I first started. Like, was like, what, is what? what did I get myself into? But, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a few spinal cord injury patients, so patients experiencing spinal cord injury and, um, depending on the level of injury will greatly determine their level of function. And, but for most of them, their bowel and bladder is significantly, significantly, sorry, if I can speak words. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm a speech pathologist. It's changed. <laughs> I know. Help me, <laughs> I need help all the time with my words, so and I joke about it a lot. Like, um, I need to see an SLP, please. <laughs> so, anyway, so this is, you know, not too long ago, actually, I was. So, I currently work in an in, um, inpatient rehab hospital in Phoenix, and we work by a level one trauma hospital, and so we get a lot of really complicated cases and people who go through pretty significant traumas and whatever resulting injury, whether it's traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injury, um, orthopedic stuff, like a lot of broken bones, things like that. So recently I had a a patient who close to my age, so early thirties. And he had been hit by a car as a pedestrian and experienced a like middle thoracic spinal cord injury. And so that means like he can't can't walk. um, You know his legs aren't firing, so like so those muscles aren't activating. um, Having to do like slide board transfers and um, a big part of job for OT is like okay you can't stand, so how are you going to get dressed? How how are you going to get to the bathroom? How are you going to bathe? All these things. So a big priority working with this patient was bowel and bladder program, and we actually kept him longer um than we originally planned so we could really solidify his bowel and bladder program um which is you know really big you you gotta have healthy bowel and bladder to like have a healthy life yeah like it it, so much can go wrong if that's not taken care of um so i just are we were we were seeing it i was seeing him at the same time every day and um to do bowel and bladder with a patient with spinal cord injury typically we will transfer them to like a bedside commode and like they have to they have to do the whole shebang with like if it's bowel like doing a suppository or whatever there's a whole lot that i'm not going to like get into the details um but you transfer them to the bedside commode so they can like have their bowel movement and so this day in particular like he wanted to also take a shower and so um for patient too we can't really get them to the like to, we often will use like a roll-in shower chair so we can transfer them like from the bed to the chair, and then they like will roll into the shower. And it has like a commode cutout, so if, if and when because it's usually a matter of when <laughs> they have like a bowel movement, um, you know, it's not it's it's easier to take care of. So this patient, we were like, I had a CNA with me because at this time this patient was still a pretty tough transfer. He was um, in a lot of pain and. I I usually needed like two people and we were either using a Hoyer lift or um, a slide board. And I think that day we hoired him to the uh, roll and shower chair next to his bed. And this, <laughs> this is what you, you learn this day. Like from the beginning, this was such a rookie mistake that I made this day, <laughs> but you, <laughs> you need to not remove clothing, like lower, like whether it's pants or like brief or whatever until you were like in a position where you can like have a bucket under that hole because <laughs> if you don't, they are probably going to poop wherever they are. Like, you know, if there's a hole gravity, it just is a thing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we are in the, in the bedroom still, and we were going to get on like straight to the shower. Um, and the CNA was like, Oh, like, should we take his brief off now? Like, and I'm like, no, like we should wait until, you know, he's in the shower. And, we know we can get it all situated, but for whatever reason, I decided that day, like, oh no, it'll be okay. Like, it.
0: And- <laughs> You're like, what could go wrong? What Idiot. Go wrong? Yeah, totally,
1: <laughs> totally fine. So like, we are. So we we take off his clothes, and he decides, like, you know what? I actually like would really like to brush my teeth first too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, we already <laughs> took the brief off and everything, all these things. So really testing our luck. I just we are really like pushing fate here. Um, so, you know, he's sitting on this rolling chair, um, naked waist down and we like, he's able to like, kind of help push himself. But like, we're, we're pushing him in the chair and like pushing him into the bathroom. It's like, you know, 10 feet away or something. And I, we get him into the bathroom and I look down and I like my shoe, my shoe was like a little slippery and I'm like, Oh no, what just. what? What? Oh, <laughs>
0: just, no. just what? My shoes slippery. Oh. Like, <laughs> like a mystery <laughs> like liquid. A trail
1: of, like, of poop. Literal, just trail of poop that was right from where we started next to the bed. It had immediately started coming out, and I did not even pay attention. I had no awareness <laughs> during this, like, 10 foot roll to the bathroom. Where there is now poop all over the floor. And I had walked all up in it. It was all over my shoes. And I just like, oh, I just could not even. I was so mad at myself. I'm like, look this
0: thing Yes. Guy, You're why like amateur not, hour.
1: Why, why did I not believe in my own self? And <laughs> I keep saying, no, we need to keep it on. Just we telling the, the CNA,
0: off. like, look, girl, this is exactly why we don't take the brief off till we're in here.
1: Yeah. it was like. lesson number one learns like so and then like the problem at that point like so i try not to make a scene about it because i don't want to embarrass the patient and like totally but i'm like in i'm I'm in like making hand gestures to the cna i'm like look like it's everywhere (laughs) and i'm like we need to put a bucket and like the bucket was like out of reach so like i literally like grabbed the trash can the trash bag after the trash can that was close to me and like shove it underneath his seat while he's brushing his teeth at the sink and i'm like this is just no why he's just blissfully uh, unaware he is <laughs> totally unaware i think he he did catch on yeah and like then he felt really bad because like i was like trying to use wipes and
0: stuff to like somehow <laughs> save my shoes <laughs> r.i.p to it's those nikes mixed, am i right <laughs> mixed blood
1: oh yeah and i went I, They're sketchers and i went to the Skechers store that same afternoon and bought new shoes those were in the trash
0: like oh, I was like, i did no.
1: not and it was just like i just uh it's just one of those things where you're like what was i thinking
0: like, i'm just like and, picturing you like panic <laughs> miming to the cna like trying to be like play it cool because he's like just oh, casually me. brushing his teeth and you're like do you see it do you see the trail
1: <laughs> the trail of brown stuff oh no oh, poor poor patient bless his heart he was just like he was mortified when he saw when he realized what was happening he's like i'm really sorry about your shoes and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> i hate these shoes anyway so i want to get a new-
0: <laughs> yeah, you're like. Was, Look, yeah. you did me a like favor. Did, you did
1: me a <laughs> solid. Like literally, thank you, appreciate you. But oh my gosh, like that's I can't say that this is like a unique experience in terms of like poop on the floor and like I don't know if I've ever stepped in it though and like unaware, like completely unaware of it for like all those steps. Like <laughs> it was just,
0: also the, just the feel like realization
1: on my face is probably priceless. just like.
0: Yes. <laughs> I also just feel like when you said you looked down because you noticed your shoe was a little slippery, like <laughs> that's literally like everyone in healthcare's biggest nightmare. Like if you have some like mysterious mark on your scrubs, there's wetness the where there what shouldn't be that? wetness, like and it's some questionable <laughs> liquid or fluid, <laughs> it is the worst. It is so bad. And it, it
1: happens like. Not infrequently, where you, like when I'm at lunch or something, and I'm I'm you know enjoying my break and getting some <laughs> sunshine, you know Phoenix sunshine outside, and I just like look down at my pants and I'm like mm, what what is that darker <laughs> spot on my dark gray scrub? Or all <laughs> the skin flying. flakes? <laughs> all the time taking socks off, and it's like a puff of foot
0: seriously flakes. it's flakes. like you walk out of some of these rooms and you're like mm, is it snowing like why are you covered in small mm-hmm. like old person skin flakes
1: Dan- <laughs> except it's not dangerous because it's from feet oh <laughs> or
0: no or
1: everything i think one of the things that has surprised me the most about you know ot and it's just people's lack of Awareness of bodily hygiene sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're, we do showers on initial eval. So, you know, day one, no matter what, well, there are a few exceptions if they're like not medically stable, but like we get them in a shower. And like, there are some people who are like, okay, I'm done. And it's been like five seconds. They <laughs> haven't used any soap and like they haven't washed their hair. They haven't showered because they've been in the hospital for weeks and they're like, okay, I'm good. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. No, you're not. You're not good. You're, you're like good. we haven't
0: even started, homie.
1: <laughs> we have, yeah.
0: We have oh, yet no. to begin.
1: It's just you wait, and like I'm like, no. Here's a washcloth. Here's soap. Wash up.
0: Man. Yeah, you get like the freaking so power capable. hose out.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are capable. It's like the people who aren't. You know, you have to help them more. You know, I'll help them, but it's the people like they, their arms fully function i like your hands you've got you've got grip strength you hold that watch cloth and wash your wash your armpits please. yes
0: you're <laughs> fully capable you're just choosing <laughs> not to and that's not okay
1: <laughs> it's not okay I'm like I'm scared of what your habits were before
0: yes <laughs> like you okay. get those patients that say like well I didn't shower at home why do I have to shower here and I'm like mm, yeah. I have a Damn, lot of questions that's not going work <laughs> not going work because You're gonna shower here because I have to
1: sit next to you and work with you and I'm not putting up with your stench. This is
0: for me. (laughs) Maybe it's fine when you go home and you live there by yourself, but here people have to interact. Yes. Oh man.
1: So much like body. Like I had a patient once who had, you know, fetus, which it's just stinky, it's dirty, it's frequent poops like frequent poops it's everywhere and I had this patient who like she's like I don't want to shower I'm like but you're gonna like (laughs) yes I like I will I listen to people when they like don't want to do things and my job is like convince people kindly to do things that are hard for them they don't want to do but like I have to be pushy sometimes so I told this lady I'm like like no we are you need this (laughs)
0: like I'm I'm kind of like asking you but it's not like a hard ask it's like me telling you
1: like a demand we are getting you in that shower so she was so grateful after she's like i feel
0: so much better i'm like yeah me too you're like of course you do it's just like the basic like yes it can do wonders for like so many things yeah Please. oh my gosh Hygiene. okay I speaking of everyone. speaking of showers <laughs> and that first story i feel like that's like i now want to take a shower just listening to that story and i also want to yeah. go like mop my floors <laughs> <laughs> get
1: all the skin flakes off oh, oh my make gosh sure there's no poop anywhere like no you
0: would, no just, trails <laughs> of no mystery trails liquid of
1: anything.
0: oh anything, my gosh please. how okay where do we transition from the trail of the trail, <laughs> the trail of, of poop? <laughs> uh,
1: I can I'll, I'll transition to the trail of profanity of screaming profanity. That was one a guy that I will never forget. This guy, perfect. <laughs> okay, so this this person, I honestly don't even remember his name, but I will never rem- forget his his face and his attitude and everything. So um this guy he um had been in prison before sadly like unfortunately it's very sad um I don't know why but <laughs> <in prison. laughs> probably for the so best he, yeah but he had a stroke while he was in prison like the first time which very sad because I'm, I'm certain the access to health care and like you know therapy after a stroke like when you're in prison is very limited and that that's unfortunate like yeah their quality of life is going to be very bad and his um he had some weakness in one side of his body um I can't even remember and then but he could still walk he could still like use both of his hands and everything but then um he was living I think in some kind of group home situation and he had another stroke and this one affected him a lot worse. Like the same arm was affected and it really like, it really messed with that. Like he had movement like in his shoulder. So like approximately he, his range of motion was pretty good, but, um, at like his hand and his wrist, like he was extremely uncoordinated, very weak. He had a lot of tightness and like, it was almost like a, like a claw hand was starting to develop, Mm -hmm. um, with like contractures in his fingers. Um, And some of that, I think, was residual from the previous stroke. Like, he could still use it, but he did have a lot of that tightness before. But this just made it a lot worse, a lot more, a lot of weakness. But in addition to the physical deficit, he also developed really severe um, expressive aphasia. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) yeah,
1: on top of it. So he was a colorful human to begin with. But, like, he had a very hard time word finding and could not... Just he couldn't say what he wanted to say, and like, understandably, made him very frustrated. And I think he just like had some anger management stuff anyway. Plus, like, stroke, like his his emotional regulation wasn't on par. You know, he had a lot of stuff going on. But I just, oh, this guy, like, I was trying. Like, he could he could walk. It wasn't a pretty walk. Like, he kind of it would look like he was gonna fall, but he like he was pretty stable. So we'd be walking around the hospital and like doing stuff and I'd try and like work on his hands and we'd try and be doing like the self care tasks. because he was, he was doing okay with things, but uh toileting, you know. <laughs> like uh, a big thing with with safety in a rehab hospital is patients are not allowed to um get up and move around by themselves unless they have like gone through like they have the approval of all the therapists that work with him or her and like they are and the doctor and the nurse like everyone deems them to be safe and competent and like a a low fall risk
0: which basically like doesn't happen until like the day of discharge or the day before like if you're that good like get out of here
1: (laughs) you don't need to be here yeah yeah we get some people like they could have we call them room privileges in my in my current um place of employment but it is it's just one of those things it's very rare and patients who are like they think they're a higher level, but we know like, Oh my gosh, you're going to fall at any second. Um, they just, they don't understand that. And when they, you know, have had a stroke and just their, their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their like ability to like understand. Yeah. their insight into their deficit. Thank you. Um, just isn't quite there. So this guy, you know, I was, there's a couple things with him, but I remember we were in his bathroom cause he needed to use the restroom and he was enough of a fall risk that like i didn't feel safe leaving him in there by himself um so i was standing kind of nearby which mm, people don't like that understandably <laughs> like i wouldn't like that right but you're he, like look i don't want
0: to be here either but <laughs>
1: yeah but i don't want you to fall on the floor and hit your head or break something and then i'm in trouble so <laughs> and and you're hurt so we're not doing that um so but he just didn't understand that so and because he he could not Um, speak the things that he wanted to like he was trying to say certain things and he couldn't get it out which made him even more frustrated so he just because he's like get out he just starts screaming at me and I'm like I can't leave this is why like but we're gonna get out of here when you're done and then we'll go do something else and he was like so so angry and just literally starts screaming at me and like the words that are coming out are all the (laughs) cut words because those are the words that he could say yes the ones that he remembered how to say and so he is just like like just all the s-bombs all of the derogatory comments just like anything under the sun anything that he could get out and like i like literal screaming and like for a while and like i was in there like my eyes are wide i'm like oh my goodness like do i just leave like do, what do i do and i kind of like peek outside the door and i see like i'm not i kid you not like six or seven other staff members like nurses cnas like nutrient supervisor i think another therapist um, they all come like running into the room because they are like what this patient like what is going on and are they gonna hurt someone <laughs> like, right like this exactly, is like a code sounded, gray like, scenario violent yeah like, like violence was about to erupt and like oh man like i just remember i was like scared but i'm like we're fine like he's he's fine like we're good you're also like, they, like you know
0: what's gonna make this only escalate further more exactly people in the audience he doesn't I'm want like, anyone here <laughs> like stay over there we're
1: good like i have i have a little bit of space like i'm close enough but like Yeah, we're good. But (laughs) I remember I've never been yelled at so violently. And then I just remember like other times, like, (laughs) while that patient was still there, he was working with a physical therapist. and I was in the office talking, I think I was talking to my manager about something and the door was closed. And you could just hear this patient screaming profanity in the gym. Like he's just yelling, mother effing cocksuckers, just like all these things, just like, screaming at the top of his lungs and my manager looks at me and she's like did he just say what I thought he (laughs) said and I'm like yes he did that is my patient oh no normal words normal words that come out and I'm like we had we had a few interesting moments we tried to do like a cooking task with him one time and there was like it was really quiet like no one else was around us and like he got super frustrated with something and like threw some pasta sauce and like (laughs) then like started like yelling and like the nursing supervisor like pokes her like she comes running over and she's like are you okay i'm like yeah we're fine but we're going back to the room because we're done
0: <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, gosh
1: like, and he's just like huffing and puffing back to his room like we're walking i'm keeping my distance but i'm like you need to cool off man like it is like i understand you're frustrated but like you can't take it out on me
0: like it's, right it's, like i'm on your team i'm trying to help you
1: yeah it's just those like this Speechless stories. Like, I just, like, couldn't believe, like, what he was saying. And, like, it's just – I know it's his stroke, but it's also his
0: personality. Yeah. (laughs) Like, sometimes you get those people that, like – yeah, just, like, further exacerbates, like, these, like, personality traits that kind of pushes it over the edge. And you're like, okay, look, you – that's just such a tricky population to work with because you're trying to set boundaries Mm – but you're also trying Mm -hmm. to have empathy and it's like Mm -hmm. you get that they're frustrated because they can't communicate, but they also can't be like like, screaming in the gym next to like grandma who's like 78 (laughs) on the arm bike. She's like, what? (laughs) What is he saying? I can't on my hearing aid. Yeah, uh, you're like ripping off everyone's hearing he aids so that they can't hear I it.
1: Know. We're not going to repeat what he just said. Oh uh, no! Yeah, like my my manager's looking me, looking like right at me. Did he just say what I thought he said?
0: Yes. You're like,
1: yeah, just that's that. just
0: like a daily occurrence with him. Yeah,
1: that's been yeah. I've heard it many many times. It's but just yeah, like throwing pasta sauce. Throwing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: marinara sauce in the kitchen I'm like I'm to clean that up now <laughs> you're like put the ragu down sir <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: oh my gosh seriously
1: awareness. no knives were involved in that cooking
0: <laughs> right you're like let's see we'll use um boiling water I guess that would be like the closest thing he could have to a weapon
1: <laughs> yeah I mean that's pretty bad but I mean you know trying to do something that he would enjoy he he really liked to cook and I'm like okay well like let's see your safety awareness is like just making some pasta like so that's what we were doing and it did not go well <laughs> we'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that it
0: yeah you're like well. trying to document that that's like my favorite pa- patient yeah. through ragu across gym period then stated quote get the hell out of my way Period. Had to be escorted Mother back to room. Something.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> writing, like, well, obviously, I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but I, I had to write stuff like that, like, t- unable to, to continue treatment session because, like, patient unable to participate safely due to, like, frustration and, like, low frustration tolerance, like, all these things. Just, like, could not handle it. Yeah. Emotional regulation is hard. And it is.
0: Sometimes when Sorry, I type up those notes, stroke. though, I'm just like, God bless whatever like person ends up reading this note, because it's like you can clearly read through the fine lines where it's like the patient was just not having it It was basically telling me to like fuck off for the hour. But it's like me trying to write it in a professional way where I'm like, SLP attempted to engage patient in functional cognitive (laughs) tasks. (laughs) Patient stated (laughs) i'm just like i don't know like what insurance auditor is gonna read this to try to determine (laughs) if it's like skilled and reimbursable or not but like i really hope that they like pull up a snack and enjoy like enjoy the colorful language that's in this note
1: (laughs) and the fluff that we have to add sometimes oh my (laughs) gosh yeah that was a good one though that i will never remember that guy he's he's forever living into me in my brain
0: Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) that's such a, that's a tough population. I mean, those ones are just like, you don't want to
1: be there. They think they're fine. They don't like you.
0: You try and like to make everything
1: functional, like interesting to them as you possibly can and like engage them in any way you can and give them like adaptive equipment or like compensatory strategies they don't listen to you it's like they don't they don't want to be helped exactly
0: and you're just like okay like there's literally Literally. nothing else i can do for you oh no it sounds like a right frontal lobe kind of guy which is like probably worse yeah i'm like that's like 75 percent of my caseload and i'm just like all right no one wants to play today not a single one of you guys are gonna be nice today okay all right well, let me just go get another cup of coffee and then mentally prepare for the shitstorm that's going to be my day.
1: Yeah. And like, cannot cry today
0: in front of patients. Yes. <laughs> oh, Maybe later. no. Yeah. Sometimes it's like entertaining, though. Like, if they're not like irritated and they're just like have like no awareness to where they are, like, then I'm like along for the ride yes because I've you also get those ones that are just like they think they're super capable of everything and like that you're a joke and everything you say is a joke and I remember I had this guy and we had already had like the entire hour-long cognitive therapy session in my office and it's like obviously my office looks like every other like room in the hospital. It's like you know that you're at a hospital just by looking around, right? Like everything's like sterile. Mm-hmm. There's like stuff on the walls yeah. that's like diagrams Medical of posters. like. Yes. yeah. And this guy just like is like, okay, we're done. Like he's just like pissed. He pushes his chair back, stands up, and he goes, "Well, I'm going across the street to the store. Do you need anything?" And I was like. <laughs> where are you going wait what (laughs) and he's like do you need anything and he's like treating me like i'm the idiot i'm like what (laughs) and i'm like i don't know if i should just like try to redirect him back to his like room down the hallway or if i should just say like yeah bring me a snack and see what happens like i'm unsure where we're we're going with this (laughs) like just honestly yeah tricky population so Super rewarding then. and fun, but, like, always keeps you on your toes. Always. Never oh, always shoot. Twist and turns. Okay. Where do we go <clears> from throat> here?
1: Throat> <laughs> uh, well, my, my other – my last story I was, was kind of thinking about. This wasn't, like, any, like, profanity, any, like, poop story, actually. This is actually, like, one of the most pleasant people I ever worked with, but I just – when he got there, I was just shocked with like how he presented. Like he was just like cognitively, he was all there, but like his body was just like a hot mess. So he um, at work had fallen 30 feet from a ladder. Oh no. And you know, one of those like awful situations where you're just like, you know, he was like, I, it was like the last job of the day. I was, I should have like not done it. I should have just gone home, but I like was trying to be nice and like, do it and then this happens, you know, just like awful thing. The nicest human. So typically um patients are in a rehab facility 10 to 14 days. That's kind of the average length of stay for those who don't know. Um but you know there are people who definitely benefit from being there longer um depending on why they're there. So the longest I usually get a patient is like three or four weeks and that is like generous from insurance. Like if we can get that time like, we are lucky. Um. So, this guy, he came. He, out of his four limbs, he had one working. Ooh. His right arm, non-weight-bearing because he had, like, a collarbone injury. His right leg, I think he was, like, toe-touch weight-bearing. And he had, like, a knee immobilizer on and, like, like some fracture. And I think his tibia. And then his left arm was flaccid. Like, he had some kind of um, nerve injury to that. Like we didn't know what it was. So, uh, so he like has one good it. leg. So he has one good leg Ugh. and he had a cervical collar as well. as like a Miami J. Um, so he had cervical precautions, non weight bearing, toe touch, weight bearing, and then like flaccid arms. Like, Oh my goodness, this guy, so much pain, bless his heart. When he first got there, it took us three people to move him. um, from out of the bed and he was just screaming. It was it's like those you're, you're like in the situation, you're like I'm so sorry, but like <laughs> we have to move you. Like yeah. we have to like we have to do this. So like I just wanted to tell this story because like it, it sometimes you look at a piece of paper and you like you read what you're walking into like on an eval and you're like literally what the hell am I going to do with this? Like yes. how 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 will we move how will we do anything
0: right you're like what do you want me to do work on the one good leg like
1: yeah and I'm an OT like what do you want right like, uh, so we you know we got to do like a lot of things but I just um so that 10 to 14 day length to stay, like my, this patient he, he told me on day one he's like he's like crying with the pain but he's like I'm gonna walk out of here and I'm like oh no like that that, when everyone says that Mm -hmm. so like because that's everybody's goal but like I'm just looking at him and like his all of his weight bearing and like you know weight bearing restrictions are usually like six to eight weeks post like pending follow-up with like an orthopedic surgeon and usually their weight bearing restrictions aren't lifted when they're in rehab because they don't get to go to the orthopedic
0: right. surgeon. You're and like, so you're like, gonna like walk out of here with thing. one leg?
1: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how that's gonna work, but I'm we're like, that's a great goal. We're gonna like really work on things. <laughs> and like, like, yes, well, we're gonna we're gonna really work. So this man, oh, uh, he was in rehab for fifty six. Holy smokes!
0: Shout out to his insurance company. Workers comp, yeah. Workers comp. Workers comp is where it's at. If you need to be well taken care of,
1: yeah. If
0: you need to get in the hospital,
1: do it when you're at work.
0: (laughs) If you're gonna slip and fall, or in this guy's case, fall the ladder, just make sure you're on the clock at your job.
1: Yeah, I mean we we joke about this like with our with coworkers all the time. Like, oh, I like. I hit my finger. I'm bleeding. Workers' comp, you know, like we just. Yes. I'm like, like I, I sliced my finger. You know, I did that on the arm bike a couple weeks ago. I was like trying to adjust it, and my my palm like got know. this big old like this big old like jab in it, and then like literally bleeding. And told my patient, I'm like, um, I'll be right back. I have to get a band aid.
0: Like you're like, um, I'll like, be right back in two to four weeks. <laughs> workers' comp, like,
1: hey, you could call workers' comp on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my like, oh, gosh the
1: humor's coming out so it was super funny but anyway so this this patient he he literally did walk out of the rehab 56 days later and it was just like yeah he because he was there for so long like we were just plateaued for so long with him like for several for like weeks like we don't we don't like we're not making much progress because we have such little to work with like yeah. i was doing like ner- neuro re-ed on that left arm trying to get some some movement and anything that we could back and some function, but that was super slow. Um, his right arm, in addition to like the non weight bearing, he also like had no grip. I think he had some kind of um, like central cord syndrome or something going on. Mm. Just like, it it made no sense why he had no grip in that right side when all he had was collarbone injury. Yeah. So that was really weird. So like we were working on that. Um, but like, because like then he, he got weight bearing restrictions lifted. Like he, he was able to put full weight on the right leg. And then like eventually like the, the right arm. And then like he had two legs that we could work with for transfers and we could do so much more. And like, it was just, it was this really slow, but amazing progress. To see. So as he kept getting more things lifted, we kept fighting. Like we want to keep them. We want to keep them. We want to keep them longer because he's making progress now. Like We were stuck for three weeks. So. Now we're, now we're actually in a place where we can do some work.
0: <laughs> right. So, like, let,
1: so we were like, uh, and the insurance actually was really great. They like wanted us to keep them because he was going home to his family. So anyway, it was the coolest thing ever. Like I cried during his graduation ceremony because mm. like we do a little like ceremony before a patient leaves. Like they get to ring the gong in our, our main lobby. And we do like a little, like we talk about them to everybody and like their progress and like, I, cried I'm not a crier typically like I'm not a very emotional person like especially at work and
0: so I I was just like
1: Like, you just just, like think
0: back to like what he looked like on day one and you're just like what are we doing and
1: he was just the biggest rock star he was so motivated and just like so positive despite all he was going through I mean obviously he was struggling emotionally too but like with the new reality because he still had so such a long way to go but like he he could take steps with like a, a platform walker and he could like he could walk pretty far i think he was walking like a couple hundred feet with that platform walker like it was insane and like he he, he really just needed a little bit of help with his adls like he was able to do a lot of it on his own he was probably like meant to modest but before he was like a total times three you know yes (laughs) it's huge so i just remember that like i'm gonna walk out of here and then he did 56 days later and i was just like i felt so privileged to like be a part of it
0: (laughs) it's so incredible too i feel like it's such a cool example of like like mind over matter like whatever your like mentality is when you're like dealt that situation like it matters like you you just look at like the patients that you've had on day one that have, like, that positive, like, outlook that's just, like, look, I just want to do this. I want to get back to my house. I want to get back to my job. I want to get back to my kids. Like, I want to get back to my hobbies. I'm going to walk out of here. And then you could get someone that's, like, way less medically complex. That's, like, way, like, more of, like, a simpler case that's just like, yeah, I don't give a crap about anything. I'm down in the dumps they about what happened to me. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And they, you know, won't recover. It's like, it just is yeah. such a powerful tool. Like whatever your mind and like outlook is, like really does like drive your recovery or not.
1: <laughs> yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think so that kind of a, uh, you know, it makes you a better person to work in this field sometimes like it really like seeing the difference it makes me want to be positive and like I'm not like all the time you know <laughs> like I well I feel like I, I generally speaking am but you know we all yeah. our things and totally hard and you know it, it is what it is but like I like I go home every day and I'm grateful that I get to leave the hospital and like I want to like take advantage of my life and just be grateful for that and it, it makes me hope that if and when in the future when I'm old and like have something bad happen. Cause you know, these things happen Yes. Um, to, to like when you least expect it, like accidents happen. Like I think all the time, like what if I get in a super bad car wreck and I become a patient and what I, would I come to this hospital? Yes, I would. <laughs> I would like be like you, all my coworkers. I'm like, mm, I don't want you to treat me, but like I, I do at the same time. <laughs> yes. and I trust you guys. Like you guys will whip me into shape like you see you see that power of positivity and just a I don't know mentality like just it goes a really long way and it and with family members too like I know like you're going through like those really hard things and sometimes I'm like but you you got to be positive for yourself but you got to you got to do this for them too like I mean they they need you and you you need to help yourself so you can help them like you know sometimes you have to use that and like play that card because sometimes that is a motivating factor for people
0: yeah sometimes people don't give a
1: crap and they they could care less and they're like whatever right you're just like like, i can
0: only like try to sell you on your own recovery so hard but if you're not if there's no buy-in like you know ultimately it's, it's your life it's your recovery it's your motivation or lack thereof but I think it's like always so tough. I mean, I have a lot of patients that I've like had those kind of counseling conversations with where you're just like, you know, you gotta just try to stay positive, just like focus on the small wins, things you can do today it's that you couldn't do last yeah. week. And I always just tell them, like, I I don't know what you're going through. I've never had a stroke. Mm-hmm. Like, and your family doesn't know what you're going through. And that's there's there's no easy, fast way out of this. But I think it's just kind of sometimes just acknowledging that too, is everyone kind of keeps telling them like, you just got to, you know, keep staying tough. You just got to keep doing it. And it's like, I'm sure when you're the person living it, it's the hardest like shittiest thing to hear. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it's easy for me to say, look, I get to just get in my car, drive home and live my life. You know, Mm
1: -hmm. important to acknowledge that this does suck. Like this, like and and being real with them and that like you can be mad like but like you you also like you also like need to to like pick up the pieces and like you need to work hard for yourself like yes I can't do this for you like like oh like you've helped me so much I'm like no you've done it like you did the work like yes no but like but you you've got I don't know everybody has their different ways of coping but I just I, he was that, that patient I was talking about. And like, I've had many similar, you know, just personality types where they just, it's inspiring how hard people work. And like, it, it, it makes me grateful to like, know them. I feel like it, it really is a privilege to be a part of their journey. And just like, like, ah oh, I just, you're like my little family member. now I just like always wonder about them. I have a, a patient who was, he was mine for like four weeks after a really severe stroke last summer. And, um you know we he had really bad aphasia and like uh, right side like completely flaccid arm like we we worked so hard he was so motivated but we like really didn't get anything back in his arm um but he he went home and he came and visited the hospital just a few weeks ago and it just the best, it, like, yes like I just and he's doing so much better, like you know, I mean he still has I mean, a long ways to go, and like who knows what the full recovery will look like for him, but like it's just I love those people like just they just they make it all worth it.
0: Yeah, it's such like intense connections because it's just like only a few weeks it's like a blip in time, but it's just such meaningful time that you're spending. I always tell patients. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but I say it at work a lot. Where when you get to the end and you're wrapping up, like all their discharge stuff and like doing their final tests and like kind of preparing them for that that next step, and I always just equate it to like watching this really good movie and then turning it off with like ten minutes left, because yeah, we you don't know. Yes, we get so invested. And then you don't get to see how it ends. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, did they get to go on their trip to Alaska that they were planning on? Like, he was working so hard for that. Or like, did they return to work? Or like, oh, I wonder if he actually did walk his daughter down the aisle. Like, you get so connected. And I've had patients go like, yeah, but you just work with so many people. Like, and it's like, yeah, you do. Like, you're working with you know, a handful of patients every single day, a handful of families every single day, day in, day out, five, six, seven days a week, you know? So yeah, it is a lot. And when you work at the same place for years and years, yes. But when they come back or you get an email or you hear from them, like mm-hmm. you immediately are like taken back in time. And you're like, oh my gosh, like it's just such a um, connection that's like hard to kind of explain to someone that doesn't, work yeah. in healthcare or maybe I don't know if it's like kind of specific to certain settings where you're allowed that time. See them
1: every day. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Where patients are there a little bit longer and you do have the opportunity to build rapport. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's a cool. feel good story to end on. Thanks for that. <laughs> you yeah. you <welcome>. <laughs> uh, So here we are talking about like why we love healthcare and why we work in healthcare and loving our jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But (laughs) one of the, yeah, one of the things that I just think is so fun to ask people is if you weren't an OT, what other career or job or kind of track could you have seen your life going?
1: Yeah. So I honestly like this. is This is just like one of those dream jobs that.
0: <laughs> that yes, I was, we I love those. Have, like, her
1: first <laughs> pursued anything with it, but like, I, I really think. Well, I love to travel. First off, like I, I'm really um, a fan of like seeing different places in the world, and like a lot of it is I, I enjoy like the scenic parts of traveling, like the, mm-hmm. the the landscaping and everything. So, um, and I also really. Like photography, even though like I've never self-taught myself anything like with fancy cameras or anything like I don't have a fancy camera, but I enjoy like just the the thought that goes behind like the angles and like all that kind of thing. Like again, I'm not like trained in it, but I I think if I had any dream job that I could just go do, I would love to be like a travel landscape photographer. <laughs> I just think like, it'd be Ooh, so cool. Yeah, to get paid to, like or like whatever type of travel photographer get paid to like go around to beautiful places and like take pictures of what they're hiring you to do. Like this, just, I just think that would be incredible.
0: So last question before we wrap it up, what is something that you feel like your schooling or kind of your like clinicals preparing you to like enter the world of OT or just healthcare in general? What's like the thing that stands out to you, you were least prepared for that you had to kind of learn on the fly. <laughs> Um, I,
1: I think I kind of already like mentioned it just I never realized and I know it depends on what setting you work in but in the rehab world I just never realized how much poop I would be around like I just, <laughs> it is just poop all day long and we like we have jokes like with the OTs, like oh, I had an SIS, like a shit and shower, you know, treatment <laughs> session that we just had to deal with, like Code Browns, all those things. It's nothing compared to what nursing and CNAs have to do. But like, coming from like the functional side of things, I just never realized how much I would be dealing with poop and naked bodies. Like it makes <laughs> sense. But I just never realized I never put that together when I was a student. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is going to be my life.
0: (laughs) Right. Where you're like, this is like the majority of what I do
1: yep I mean, but again I can't even imagine switching settings and like going to something like outpatient where i'm like oh everybody's closed <laughs> the whole time like,
0: wait you really got ready right? and put your shoes and socks on before you came here you what before? are we gonna do you, you already
1: went to the bathroom <laughs> like, what
0: wait you don't need me to accompany you to the bathroom okay oh no i'm not gosh. weird
1: <laughs> miracles happen
0: no that's so true though because there's ot's that have like so many different like specialties or like different niches that's like you could just do like hand therapy mm-hmm. you could you could yeah. do like the pediatric side of like sensory integration and like working with oh, like yeah, those the whole different it's world. so wild so it's like funny because when i think ot because i live in the same world as you with it's like hospital setting rehab setting I'm like, how would an OT not know that all they deal with is naked bodies and poop? <laughs> but then I'm just like, yeah, they're not training you just for that setting in school. They have to cover everything. No. And so that's probably no. just like a little like drop in the ocean. They probably try not to, <laughs> to well, scare you, you about, off. <laughs> like
1: you, you work on ADLs, like you work on dressing, you work, teach them adaptive equipment, you teach them compensatory strategies, like all these things. Like they talk about it, but they don't specifically mention that <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you just don't you just don't piece it together when you're in a student until you get into the clinical settings and you're like
0: oh <laughs> you're like got it got it I know I I think that, that you guys it. don't OT is just not the right name for you guys I don't know it's very confusing <laughs> it's very misleading yeah. I also feel like Speech pathologist, it's the same way. Like everyone's like, my speech is fine, and I'm like, I know, but you think it's 1923? Like that's not, it's not your speech we're working on.
1: I have a job, (laughs) I'm not that kind of occupation. (laughs) Yes,
0: I'm like, how come physical therapy is the only one that makes sense?
1: (laughs) And the one that people always know, my PT's here.
0: Yes. No. (laughs)
1: I'm I'm like, trust me, you
0: don't want me to try to help you walk. It won't end well for either of us.
1: same yeah i just want to walk um well you can't walk without putting your pants on so let's to you with
0: <laughs> yes i mean you could but let's not <laughs> yeah probably not the best place to be doing it <laughs> oh my gosh well thank you
1: you're welcome thank you
0: it has been a blast hearing from this week's guest but i know there are more wild stories to be heard Share your crazy moments at info at speechlesspod.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you like to listen. And I'll be back next week with another guest who will be sure to leave you speechless.